0: Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1358. Why we're taking on debt to move from good to great. Part two by Fritz Gilbert of the retirementmanifesto.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. This is the show where I read to you from some of the best personal finance blogs on the planet with the author's permission, of course. Thank you for joining me today and every day as we take charge of our financial futures by educating ourselves on the many facets of money. If you have a question you want answered here on the show, send one in to finance at oldpodcast.com. You might just be featured on a future episode. Today's post is actually a continuation from yesterday. So if you're new here, first off, welcome. And then second, it'd be best to listen to yesterday's episode first. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Why we're taking on debt to move from good to great, part two by Fritz Gilbert of the retirement Reason number four lifelong cash flow thinking. If you listen to my podcast interview on Choose Fi, You know that we're likely going to defer my pension for about two years after my retirement date. My pension grows at 6% per year if I defer and will remain at that higher level for the rest of my life. Having the mortgage makes it easier to fund the two-year gap period and grow that pension at an attractive rate. 6% growth in pension, 3.5% rate on mortgage. Kind of makes sense in my mind. I'm still doing some analysis on the pension deferral and I won't have to make a final declaration until about March, 2018. Until we know exactly what we're going to do, taking on the mortgage makes the potential deferral of my pension a more viable option. We have 170,000 of additional short-term liquidity that we wouldn't have if we would paid cash for the great cabin. If we defer the pension, we'll have to live 100% off our savings during the gap years. Until I know definitively if we need the extra liquidity, it seemed wise to pay for the option. Reason number five, after-tax interest rate arbitrage. Given that our mortgage interest is tax deductible, it's important to look at the true net cost of the mortgage interest on an apples-to-apples after-tax basis we also have to realize that the money received via a mortgage will be generating a return while it rests inside our investment portfolio. Here's our thinking on the math. Those proceeds from the mortgage are being held primarily in conservative bond funds, Vanguard's municipal bond fund VWITX, if I were guessing, and earning a proximate 2% tax-free yield. Since the 3.5% mortgage tax is for now tax deductible, our net after-tax cost of the mortgage is closer to 2.5%. So in essence, it's costing us less than 0.5% to borrow the money. 2% tax-free yield, approximate 2.5% after-tax mortgage interest. Gee, that mortgage just got pretty cheap. On an apples-to-apples basis, we're paying something like 0.5% net cost after tax. Not a bad price to pay for the flexibility it'll provide as we phase into retirement. The low-cost option just got cheaper. Reason number six, we can always pay it off. This decision isn't non-reversible. We have the liquidity set aside from the sell-for-cash, buy-with-mortgage transaction. Once we finalize the sale of the good cabin for cash, the entire net proceeds from the sale will be sitting in our investment accounts, awaiting my final analysis of the pension deferral. We'll most likely pay off the mortgage after my pension starts paying us after our two-year deferral, though in reality, we can pay it off anytime we choose. For now, we choose to keep the debt as the flexibility it provides is worth the cost of the option. Disclaimer, in the event interest rates have increased dramatically by about 2020, we'll revisit the interest rate arbitrage and potentially decide to not pay it off. For example, if we can earn 4% in a CD while paying 3.5% for the mortgage, we'll pursue that plan rather than paying off the mortgage. Ah, the freedom that financial independence brings. Reason number seven, other considerations. In addition to the reasons which make sense for our situation, there are other considerations where taking on debt may make sense for you. In the case of my friend Jim at Route to Retire, he may be able to look at debt as an alternative to dealing with Rule 72T. In the case of my friend Nords at the Military Guide, he made a public declaration last week at FinCon that he intentionally took on about $600,000 of mortgage debt well into his retirement. Why? In his case, it's interest rate arbitrage and he's written a ton about it on his blog, The Military Guide. Nor is a really smart guy and it felt good knowing he and I had made the same decision about assuming more debt in retirement. Never rely strictly on rules of thumb, that is pay off all debt before retirement. Evaluate your situation and make your decision based on what makes sense for you. Reason number eight, what if I'm wrong? But what if I'm wrong? Traditional logic says you should pay off a mortgage before you retire, and we most certainly could do that. The brain-twisting mathematical models that my rocket scientist friend Big Earn published argue that it's best to pay off the mortgage. Love you, Earn. So what if Big Earn is right and I'm wrong? Our situation throws a variable into Big Earn's mathematical equation that variable is the value which we place on flexibility. It's worth a lot to us and it won't cost much. It tilts our decision to take on the debt for the seven reasons you heard in this post. Even if we're wrong and our situation is sub-optimized from a purely financial sense, we won't be off by much and we'll enjoy the benefit of flexibility which our decision provides. To us, it's worth the risk. If we're wrong, it won't cost us much. If we're right, it'll turn out it was worth the cost. Conclusion Not all debt is bad debt. Sometimes the flexibility that debt provides is worth the cost involved. In our case, our decision is that taking on debt is okay in our move from good to great. What about you? Don't be a blind buffalo following the herd over the cliff. Think for yourself and realize sometimes it's okay to go against the herd. They're all dead at the bottom of the cliff, remember? Look at each of the financial decisions you face as you approach your retirement through a clear lens. Apply the filters that matter to you and think through the cost-benefit equation in each decision you face. Sometimes the rule of thumb doesn't apply. Make sure you understand the risk if you're wrong and minimize your downside. Do it right in the majority of your decisions and you're well on your way to achieving a great retirement. You just listened to part two of the post titled, Why We're Taking on Debt to Move from Good to Great by Fritz Gilbert of the theretirementmanifesto.com. Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges M-O-N-E-Y dot slash OFD for your extended 30-day free trial. Finishing up this post brought to mind for me the classic debate of should I pay off my mortgage or should I invest that money? And what's so frustrating about this question for many of us is that the answer is always, it depends. I think Fritz does a great job explaining and analyzing his very specific circumstances to make the best decision regarding financing his new cabin. He doesn't take the blanket advice to pay off your house before retirement. He really breaks it down and tests the assumptions of this advice against his unique situation, comfort level, and desire for flexibility. I find it's important to analyze the numbers to find the most optimal way of managing your finances and marry those options with non-monetary considerations related to quality of life. So for example, when I first bought my house, I had a roommate paying rent, covering about 90% of my mortgage. Some people call this house hacking. It was a great way to reduce my housing costs. However, over time, sharing my space with a roommate started to negatively affect my quality of life. So when they moved out, I decided to not get another roommate. If I was making this decision purely on dollars and cents, I'd get another roommate. That was an extra $6,000 per year to throw at my investments. But that's the tricky thing about decisions around money. There are many other non-monetary considerations that come into play. And that's another episode of Optimal Finance Daily in the Books. Thank you for your support and for listening every day. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll be here with another post for you tomorrow, where your optimal life awaits.